Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here at the Sonoma Avenue Church of Christ. Now, I realize you may not be watching this on Sunday morning. Whatever time it is, whatever day it is, we're glad that you have chosen to join us. As many of you have heard, President Trump made a statement saying that churches are now essential and should open as quickly as possible. The leadership here at Sonoma Avenue has been working on what our plan is for when we can finally reopen the building. I want you to look later today, sometime between four and five, for a video that will be posted that will sort of walk you through what our goals are and what our plan is as we move forward. But let's get back to the business at hand. Spiritual gifts. We have been studying spiritual gifts and how God empowers his people to do great things. And here are just some of the things that we've learned over the past several weeks. Number one, having God on our side always makes a difference. And the reason why God, having God on our side always makes a difference is one, because he's God. But God has given us the Holy Spirit to be a tool of empowerment in our lives. And I believe that everyone who is in Christ is dynamically gifted by the Spirit to make a difference in this world. Another thing we've learned is that spiritual gifts are not all about us. Instead, they are all about God and our dependence upon Him. Look, the Spirit intentionally gives different gifts to different people. He determines what He wants you to have, so the purposes of God can be accomplished in your life and in the life of the body of Christ as a whole. So spiritual gifts are not about us having the fanciest gifts or being the, the most powerful or having the greatest things. Instead, they are about us opening ourselves up to the work of God in our lives, whatever that might be. And the person who knows just how dependent they are upon God will be the most open to the power of God working in their lives. And just last week, we talked about how spiritual gifts are more than just our talents. We have been gifted by God with talents, and we should use all of those talents and abilities for him. But we cannot limit ourselves by only doing the things that we know we can do. God might want you to do something different, something that you might even be uncomfortable with or feel unprepared to do. And God is capable of more than you can ever ask or imagine. And this God wants to fill you with his power so that you can do more than you believe is possible. Now, I want to pause for a second because I know that this whole discussion about spiritual gifts is a bit of a stretch for those of us who maybe have never even studied this subject before. It's an uncomfortable subject to say the least, and it's not one that at least within Churches of Christ that we have attempted to tackle with any great depth or urgency. But I hope that the information you have been getting over the past several weeks has helped to decrease your anxiety about spiritual gifts at least a little bit. This is our fourth lesson on spiritual gifts in this series, and we are still working on our understanding of what they are, how they are to be used, and what their purpose is. Now, I'm just gonna simplify some of this for you, and I know I've already said some of this, but bear with me. 
I believe that through the Holy Spirit, God empowers us to carry out his mission. And God's mission is no mystery. Let's take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. Paul writes, I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all people. What is God's mission for us in this world? What does he want to have happen? God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us, we, the church, are the ones who go out into the world as his ambassadors, as if he were making his appeal through us. Now, when I think about that, and I think about that responsibility and what it means to take the gospel to the world, I realize how much it is that I need the gifting of the Holy Spirit to do that capably. Everything that Jesus talked about the Spirit doing, we need the Spirit to do in our lives now. The spiritual gifts that were present in the early church are still necessary to help us spread the gospel to the world. And I know, I know that some of these spiritual gifts are, well, to us they seem weird and a little bit scary. But I think in our efforts to do away with some of those kinds of things, we have done away with the Holy Spirit gifting us from God altogether. So we want to tap back into this idea that God wants everyone to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth, and that he's counting on us to do that, just as he was counting on his apostles and those in the first church to go out and spread the gospel to the ends of the world. And we need to embrace that spiritual gifts are going to help us do that. But, and this is important, it's not like we just wake up one day spiritually gifted. Because... Here's the thing, spiritual empowerment never comes first. Instead, empowerment is the product of your relationship with God. So let's break this down again as we've been doing over the last several weeks. Spiritual gifting comes from your intimacy with God. I don't mean to say that spiritual gifts are some sort of spiritual litmus test. As, the, as if those who are better Christians are the ones who receive spiritual gifts. And hopefully all the ground that we've covered over the last several weeks has dispelled that notion. But what I am talking about is much more personal than that idea. And, and, and here's what I mean. Those whose lives are tied closely to God, who know him as their father, who are doing their best to live out his will in their lives and who are open to God's leading are the ones who are going to be empowered by the Spirit of God. 
These gifts come from God's Spirit living in us, and therefore they are dependent upon our relationship with Him. We need to be tied to Him in order to have spiritual gifts and to know how to use them. I mean, it seems like a dumb thing to say, but we need to understand this. I have Christmas, or I used to at least, have Christmas with my extended family every year. And I would take gifts for cousins or aunts or uncles. And even though we are all family, I would give a very different gift to a cousin that I hadn't seen in 10 years than I would give to my son that Christmas. Why? Because relationship matters. So principle number one. Gifts are more meaningful if there is a relationship between the giver and the one receiving the gift. Now, this is more or less common sense. <laughs> but it does tell us that if we want God to empower us through His Spirit, then the answer to that empowerment and God using us in the way he wants to is that we need to get to know him better and make sure that we are tuned in to him. Now we're going to start today by looking at a passage from Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul talked about gifting, but he wanted his readers to understand why God gave gifts within the community as a whole, because to Paul, these gifts didn't exist individually per se. Uh, so let's look at Ephesians chapter 4 starting in verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. We've been studying the book of Philippians in our Wednesday night Bible study group, and we see this here in Ephesians as well. Paul is all about the unity of the body of believers. And again, he heavily emphasizes unity when talking about the gifting of the Spirit. And so Paul doesn't view the Spirit as something that will divide. Paul wanted the church in Ephesus to know that if their community was truly being empowered by the Spirit of God, then that community would be drawn closer together and not be driven apart. The unity of the Spirit would make them one. In Romans chapter 12, verses 3 through 8, Paul started out by telling everyone, do not think more highly of yourself than you should. And that was a call to keep things in perspective within the body of Christ, to realize how much you need everyone else, because in Christ, we are all working in unison to do the will of God. And if we have God's Spirit living inside of us, then that Spirit is going to build unity within the body of Christ. Now, Paul felt like, I think, he had to point this out over and over again because he knew something about humanity which can be difficult for us to admit. And that is this. We are driven apart by so many different things. 
some of those things are theological, some are traditional, some are just preferential. We will take a stand for all kinds of things, both big and small, and it has been my experience that when we take a stand for some sort of issue, unity is among the last things on our mind. We will cut each other down instead of listening in love. We will sit back and stew instead of going to our brother and sister in love in an effort to work out our differences. Church, we are not always very good at identifying who the enemy actually is. Throw gifts into the mix, as Paul was dealing with in all of these communities, and it's easy to see why he was so concerned that people needed to have the proper perspective. So again, the Spirit of God will pull you together. He will not push you apart. And furthermore, if something is pushing the community, the body of Jesus Christ apart, then that thing is coming from something other than the Spirit of God and maybe from our lack of dependency upon the Spirit of God. Let's pick it up in verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 4. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, When he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean? except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith, and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Man, there's a lot going on there in that passage. But let's understand what Paul is trying to get to, particularly when it comes to gifting. Some people are given the special job of helping their brothers and sisters grow in Christ. And again, we should not think about this as a hierarchy, as if one person is better than another, or as if one gift is better than another gift. Because Paul makes it clear, those who are gifted to help other people grow, that is their act of service to the body. And as they help other people grow, they will learn what their act of service is to the body. We are all unified in Christ by the Spirit. But God wants us to make progress in our relationships with him. So yes, he does equip some with certain gifts so that they in turn can equip others. Those who are plugged into God will help other people get plugged into God. But why? I mean, why have this sort of differentiation? Look, as we are equipping each other, as we are growing stronger in the Lord, the way that God sees this working is that everything is working together, joining together in unity to build a stronger product. As we grow up, the body grows up and the gospel goes out into the world. Let's pick it up in verse 14. 
Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Do you see the image that Paul is building here? It's an important one because he's just talked about preachers and teachers and those who will equip others. But look at what he says here. He says, the body of Christ is dependent and held together by every supporting ligament. What does he mean? He means that there is no gift too small. And the result of all these gifts coming together is that we grow into the mature body of Christ where Jesus is the head and he is leading us in the direction that he wants us to go. Yes, we will individually grow, but as we individually grow, the community that we are a part of grows. And as we grow strong in Christ, the body is strengthened and we are drawn together into a unity that is God-formed. And when this happens, we will be Jesus here on earth. I mean, think about the implications of this teaching. That together, not individually, but together, we will be Jesus here on earth. We will teach and love and forgive and heal a broken world that needs a savior. We will be Jesus in this place right here and right now. But all of this hinges on our relationship with God, our willingness to listen to him and be formed by him and the centering of our lives around his purposes and plans. So principle number two, as you grow closer to God, you will be empowered together with your community to be Jesus. Okay, thirdly, this is, this is a good one here. Be in love with God. But more important than that, let God be in love with you. What Paul describes here in Ephesians chapter 4 is not just some sort of mental exercise that we are supposed to go through, i.e. as we become smarter and more knowledgeable of God, we become more like Christ. Instead, at the core of this is that we realize that we are all in need of Jesus and all in need of a Savior. We are all sinners who are lost and helpless. We are all saved by the great sacrifice and love of God through Jesus. Therefore, this whole process of growing in Christ is rooted in this one rich word, love. Our love for God, but more importantly, God's love for us. Love is the foundation upon which giftedness and unity are built. I want to remind you of what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 3, which we looked at last week. 
And so let's look at it again. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. There it is again, being full to the measure of all the fullness of God. But what is the key to accessing the fullness of God? It's Christ dwelling in our hearts. It's us understanding how big the love of God is, and it's us loving one another. Letting the love of God wash over you, and moreover being loved with God, is the key to being filled with the fullness and power of God. What difference does this make? Well, we will do some things for people that we like, but we will do anything for those that we love. And if you are indifferent about God and your relationship to him, then you are not going to experience the power of God like you would if you were in love with him and if you understood his great love for you. So principle number three, God wants us to know his love and to love him with all of our hearts. And when we do, he pours out his fullness, read power, into our lives. Lastly, we need to know our purpose. If we are growing in our relationship with God, if we are totally in love with him, then we will do our best to follow him with our lives. Paul often talks about us being new creations. The old is gone, the new has come. The idea is that once you've come to know Jesus and to accept his love and to love him, then your life will never be the same. When we come to know Jesus, we become about doing God's work here on earth. And again, God's work here on earth is not a mystery to us. We don't have to guess what it is. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's something important I want you to hear about spiritual gifting and the purpose that we have. Honestly, the gift that God gives you doesn't matter. I, I know that sounds weird, but hear me out. Because no matter your gift, your purpose is to take the gospel to the world. And whatever gift it is that God gives you, this is what he wants you to accomplish with it. To take the gospel to the world. This is God's plan for all of us, that we will 
Help others discover and experience the love and forgiveness that we have found in Jesus, that we will bring justice to those who are being depressed, that we will care and love those who are in need, that we will cast off everything that this world says is important and proclaim that there is, in fact, a better way, that there is more to life than this place has to offer. So principle number four, regardless of gifts, we all have the same purpose. So where does that leave us in terms of gifting? Well, let's go back to where we started. God wants us to go out into the world and to share Jesus with a world that needs love and a savior. God knows, per the words of Jesus, per the teachings of Paul, that we need the Spirit to help us go and take the gospel to the world, and more than that, to become the dynamic body of Jesus Christ in this place. And God gives each of us the Holy Spirit to live in us so that we can specifically accomplish his goals in this place. And it's when we go out and when we are unified that we are gifted by God to do. So God may give us different gifts at different times in order to take the gospel out into the world. But don't confuse what the order is. The order is we love God and we wrap ourselves in the love he has for us. The second thing is that the Spirit comes and lives in us and draws us together as the body of Christ in this world. The third thing is, is that we go to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth and God gives us what we need in order to do this. I am grateful for spiritual gifts. I am grateful that God does not leave us in this place alone, but that he empowers us to do the things that we most want to do to share the love of God with other people. And I pray that as we deepen our relationship with God, as we open ourselves up to the work of the Spirit, that God will empower us to do more than we are capable of doing on our own, that we may be the body of Jesus in this world. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for being here with us today. Look for the announcement later today about what our plans are moving forward. Check out our Facebook page to see what events are going on during this week. God bless you. I love you. I miss you guys. We'll see you soon.